Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to our show. My name is Deborah Rose, and I'm your host on Circle Talk. Circle Talk is one of the shows featured on the Circle Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, or CSNP. CSNP connects all who follow Nature Center Paths around the world and is broadcasted on Blog Talk Radio. Connect to, listen live, or download Sanctuary Network Podcast Network at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash CSNP. Follow us on Facebook at, at CSNP Podcast. And you can listen to other streaming devices like iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. The Circle Sanctuary Network podcast team have put together a lineup of rotating shows throughout the month. Mondays feature Lunatic Mondays with host Laura Gonzalez, alternating weeks in English and Spanish. It can't be Tuesday without Circle Talk, and I will continue to be the host for this fun show on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Wednesdays feature Selena Fox with her show, Nature Spirituality. Are you in the mood for some magic? Then you'll want to tune in on Thursday for Moon Magic with Jeanette and David Ewing. It's such a fun and informative lineup of shows. I hope you try them all. Tonight on Circle Talk, we'll be chatting with Jenya T. Beachy, author of the book, The Secret Country of Yourself, and popular blog, Dirt Heart Witch, on patheos.com. Jenya is an author, teacher, priest, and witch. For over 25 years, she has been exploring old ways and forging new ones. As the originator of the shapeshifter line of the Anderson Fairy tradition, she's developed many tools and techniques of self-exploration, self-knowledge, and self-healing. She is the author of The Secret Country of Yourself, Discover the Powerful Magic of Your Endless Inner World. She's exploring old ways and forging new ones. She serves on the Redwood Circles Council and the Board of Community Seed Earth Spirit Fellowship, founder of the Deep Well Great Heart Society, a service organization that focuses on increasing the flow of compassion and healing through the world. She has led classes, retreats, and workshops around the country on trance work, personal empowerment, ritual skills, and much more. And as we said, if you want more information or purchase her books, you can get her at www.jenyabt.com or on Facebook at Dirt Heart Witch. Let's welcome Jenya and chat on the show. Welcome, Jenya. Thank you so much for having me, Deb. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I'm very excited. I'm a fan of your blog, so I'm very, very excited to get to, to chat with you. Um, so how did um, this path um, start for you? Um, how did you start on your tradition? Well, 
oh my gosh, there's so many possible starting places. <laughs> like, I mean, did you I, grow up in an earth? Oh no, no, no. I grew up in a pretty agnostic family, and when I was a teenager. And um, I think my first inclination towards a religious experience was um, ecstatic dancing. Like I loved mm-hmm. to dance more than anything, and and I loved heavy metal, and I loved like, all these like n- not quite fitting in with your traditional religious uh, idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but the feelings that I had during these experiences were so profound. And I was like, how can going to my parents' church possibly Mm -hmm. compare to this? And so I sort of had that ecstatic experience and that ecstatic desire um, and made some mistakes throughout my life looking for that (laughs) Haven't we all? <laughs> that's the journey. I mean, that's the journey. That's that's right. That's right. Like like slowly going down the list and checking, like crossing things out. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Um, but you know, coming to paganism eventually through um, you know Starhawk Spiral Dance was my first real experience of other humans on the planet. Um, mm-hmm having those same kind of feelings and exploring those same kind of ideas. And, uh, and I was in Virginia at the time and that's kind of where I did the majority of my growing up. And then I moved out to California um, Mm -hmm. as a young adult. And when I landed in California, suddenly I was in the world of that, you know, Margot Adler had written about and drawing down the moon. I was, you know, there was the church of all worlds and here was fairy tradition and here was Gardnerian Mm -hmm. this group of people that I sort of fell into um, became teachers for me. And so when I, when I first connected with other pagans, it wasn't definitely, it wasn't really like I'm going to take a class and then I'm going to first degree and then a second degree. It was like, Holy shit, I found my people and now I'm just going to absorb everything that I can from them. And Mm -hmm. um, over time it became clear to me that, that the path that was really drawing me was that more ecstatic path. And so I pursued uh, teaching in the fairy tradition. And it still took me many, many years before I found the right teacher and and the right initiator and all that. Um, But it was all of it, I think, you know, from the beginning to the end was about trying to recognize my first, spiritual ecstatic experiences as being divine, right? That was not ever taught to me that that stuff was divine. Um, And it took me a very long time to come to the place where I could recognize that absolutely that was precious and holy and, um, and that I could build community and a life around that experiencing of that type of holiness. For our listeners who are not familiar with um, different traditions, can you explain just a little bit about what the fairy tradition is, maybe some basic minutes just so that they're familiar with it? Absolutely. So I, I think that one of the main differentiators about fairy trad is that there's less of a focus on – and 
like the more the further I get along in my spiritual path, the 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 more I want to talk about the similarities. <laughs> right, I agree. I agree. <laughs> but I will say this: even though some of my best beloveds and some of my favorite witches in the whole wide world are Gardnerian, there there is a a pattern to Gardnerian practice, which is obviously extremely powerful. It is extremely. Um, it, like I love the the lineage behind it. I love the tradition behind it. I love the common practices behind it. And and there is a lot of memorization. And mm-hmm. and it my personal path is more like let's listen to jam bands <laughs> and see what yeah. happens. Um, so so I would say that Gardnerian tradition more people are familiar with that that there is mm-hmm. um, there are rituals that are written and these are the words that you say and it's very um, it's very comforting in a way to have something that's passed down for so many years that so many people have refined into a form that is is as magical and as powerful as, as it can be um, mm-hmm. and 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 there's still can be a lot of focus on the male-female psychotomy or the duality um, mm-hmm. and that, that like these two different principles are required to make the magic work. Um, mm-hmm. And in fairy tradition, that is not the case. Fairy tradition is much more about um, seeking divine inspiration. It is about mm-hmm. a focus on the three parts of the self being the physical body, the intellect or the mind, and the starry crown of our divinity, right? All of these parts of ourselves getting in line together and moving toward a common goal or just relaxing together and chilling Mm -hmm. in meditation. Um, But there's much less focus, I think, on, um, on words and gestures. And there's a lot more focus on what's happening inside the practitioner and how is that expressed. Tell me about, I read that you're the originator of the Shapeshifter line. Um, What is that? I was really curious about that. So the Shapeshifter line of fairy tradition uh, came into being because I was, when when I found my tradition, I also found like five different teachers within that tradition. Mm -hmm. And all of those teachers were very accepting and embracing of my relationship with all of the other teachers. That is such a good idea. That is a good idea. Yes. Um, And and frankly, sometimes it was because one of those teachers said, I know you're not mine, but I have some things I can give you. Mm -hmm. Right? So there was a sort of, I, I'm not. I'm not going to be your mom, but I could be your aunt. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's not. So I got a, a lot of my learning came in through those sort of channels, and and at a certain point in history, that I don't know how well known these things are outside of the tradition, but um, there were some issues within fairy tradition. I mean, and it became very heated on the West Coast where many of us are based, not all of us, obviously, but um, and a lot of things that had been sort of bubbling under the surface sort of came to the head. 
Um, Victor mm-hmm. had died. You know, the matriarch, the patriarch of the tradition had died. And so there was a lot of uh, infighting and, and disagreement about where the tradition should go. And, and I had a small group of students that I was teaching at the time. And it felt very important to me that my students be sort of protected from this, well, that's not fairy, well, that's not fairy, well, that's not fairy. And I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to build a wall. I just, okay, y'all, this is our yard. (laughs) And in our yard. Yeah. Exactly. In this house, this is how we do. Um, so that was sort of the beginning of Shapeshifter. And what I found happening, I mean, the name was gifted to me by a dear friend of mine from another tradition. And he said, it sounds like your tradition is just like, it just becomes what it needs to be in the moment. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> that's so perfect. And then I found that a lot of people who were um, – trans people, queer people, uh-huh. people who were in transition of one type or another were coming to my metaphorical doorstep because of the idea of the shapeshifter, right? We're all, we all have the opportunity and the ability to become something else. And how scary right. and amazing is that? So right. that's where shapeshifter came from. So when did you get the idea to say, hey, I'm not doing anything. Let's write a book. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I think part of what happened with Shapeshifter is that um, even in the Bay Area of California, I mean, there's a ton of people here and there's a ton of stuff happening here. And the people that I wanted to reach with my work weren't mm-hmm. always right here. So right. I, I, I taught a lot of in-person classes. I had an in-person group that went for a very long time. But what was also happening is that sort of as I traveled around and I did stuff and I met people, they were like, how about if you did an online thing? So I started doing an online thing. And mm-hmm. as part of the online thing, I was creating massive reams of material, like chapters every month for people as a study guides and all that and and I had been delivering this material to people online for all this time and working with them and at a certain point uh, my girlfriend said you have a book (laughs) (laughs) this is just a giant book why don't you just write a book and and my girlfriend's Lasara Firefox Allen I don't some people might have heard of her. She's written Sexy mm-hmm. Witch and Jailbreaking the Goddess. So she had all the connections with the publisher, and she was like, come on, come on, we're going to go meet these people. And so we did. And uh, so I blame Lasara to this day, um, my <laughs> beloved, for, <laughs> for throwing me in the in the beautiful, amazing, gorgeous hot tub that is writing for Llewellyn. And... Um, and that's kind of where the book came from. And there was a lot of stuff that changed as a part of the writing process because there were a lot of things that had sort of started to become expressed within Shapeshifter that weren't actually fairy trad ideas. Mm-hmm. And so the 
creating the book gave me an opportunity to explore those ideas more in depth and sort of, you know, pull them out of that, you know, like when... Give me an example. When... Um, good question. So one of the things that I teach when I'm teaching Shapeshifter Fairy is I teach through the lens of the Iron Pentacle and the Pearl Pentacle, which are creations of Victor Anderson, the patriarch of mm-hmm. the fairy tradition. And, um, and that was a lot of my teaching was based in me and like trying to create new understandings around the concept of sex, self, passion, pride, and power. And when I started to write the book, I was like, this seems like so fairy centric that it might not mm-hmm. make sense or be useful to people who are outside the tradition. And one of the things that I really wanted to do was to create something that was viable outside the tradition. Mm-hmm. And it's part of the part of the motivation for that was that I have some friends who consider themselves atheist pagans, right? Atheo pagans. Yeah. You can right. find them online at atheopagans.com. Right. And and as I was writing the book, I was like there was so much in here that could be used by a person of any faith. Right. And a larger audience. And right. And it wasn't even so much about, like, I want to write a book that will appeal to more people. I was like, mm-hmm. this idea is so useful. <laughs> it's useful to my parents who go to a Catholic church in Texas and the people that they hang out with who have read my book and people who are psychotherapists who are using it with their clients, you know. So... Can you briefly tell us about the um, Iron and Pearl Pentacle? Yes. So the Iron and Pearl Pentacle are creations or divine revelations um, that came to Victor Anderson, and they have to do with the way that my teachers taught me and the way I interpret it as mm-hmm. sort of focal points for a human life. Mm -hmm. And so sex is one of them. It's a hot button issue. If we Mm -hmm. resolve our issues around sex, think of all the good power and juju that comes from that. Right. Self. Self is another point on the iron pentacle. Passion, pride, power. All these things that we might have been taught were sins in our religions of origin, now we're talking about reclaiming these things. We're talking about exploring our ideas to the point where, you know, this, this pentacle of five points of challenge can become a shield that we can use to protect ourselves, that we know that because we've done this work and we've gained these understandings that now... We are in a place of power. So that's the iron pentacle. Oh, wow. The pearl pentacle. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It seems a lot. And don't answer yet. There's also two more. Um, the pearl pentacle is 
Oh my gosh, now I'm getting confused. Sex, love, pride, law, self-knowledge, passion, wisdom. Oh my gosh, I'm putting myself in a spin over this. Sex, love, devotion, pride, law, truth, self-knowledge, radiance, passion, wisdom, blessing, power, liberty, grace. So all of these, each one of these points has magical practices and individual spells that can be worked around them. And the idea is that going through each one of these problematic issues through whatever lens one chooses to do it, if you do that work with a, with a therapist or a chiropractor or a Buddhist teacher or a Wiccan priest, that think of how much energy one reclaims by sort of clarifying one's ideas about all of these different parts. Mm-hmm. Jenna, I, I love your blog. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got into uh, the the um, blog. I, I love. Um, I was I actually. I got the idea to invite you. I was reading your blogs on uh, self knowledge, self healing, and. Uh, self-possession. So uh, uh, how did you get into Tell us about your blog. So the blog happened because, um, well, long story short, a previous editor asked me to write for the blog, and I started to do that. And I was writing about the pagan, the urban pagan homestead when we lived in a more urban area. Now we live on a farm, so it's not really urban anymore. <laughs> and then at some point, Jason Mankey, I think you guys are familiar with Jason Mankey. Yeah. Um, so Mankey became the editor of the Patheos Pagan blog. And he's, he also lives in the Bay Area now, so we see him mm-hmm. socially. My, you know, He's a good friend of ours. And... Um, when he took over Pathios Pagan, he said, you know, honestly, you can write about whatever you want. Write whatever you want. I was like, oh, my gosh, are you sure? It's like the urban pagan homestead. And he's like, no, just write whatever you want. <laughs> Such an amazing gift. So, um, so a lot of the stuff that goes on the blog is either ideas that are like pieces that I pull out of earlier writings that, you know, I just get a sense that this is the time for this thing. Um, that I, the, the self-knowledge, self-healing and self-possession pieces came directly from my work around Shapeshifter Fairy and around the book. Mm-hmm. Um, those are foundational pieces for my practice. And, you know, in terms of, like what's important to make a healthy life mm-hmm. that feels like that's what's important to make a healthy life for me. Mm-hmm. And, and the blog, honestly, if I, I encourage anybody, if you're a good writer, send a note to Jason Mankey because <laughs> Pathios Pagan 
is has been growing by leaps and bounds and under his leadership and he's just he's just fantastic and he's very encouraging and he loves to find new writers so just sending it out there to a wider audience and i love the name of your blog dirt heart um witch tell us about what it is to be a, a dirt heart witch so Dirt Heart Witch, actually, it, it, that was the name of the blog when I first started it five, six years ago, uh, Earthly uh-huh. Adventures of a Dirt Heart Witch. And at the time, it was just sort of a thing that came to me, and sometimes things come to me, and I feel very glib and clever, and I'm like, ha-ha, I shall say that in public <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> I did and then later I was like wow that is really a descriptor that is really uh, there's more to it than just that moment that I had of feeling like a smart person and um, when we were when we were in our other home which was in a sort of an urban area and mm-hmm. we were just starting to learn about uh, we raised rabbits for meat and we raised chickens and we raised um, you know, a, what little bit of vegetables we could under the redwoods. Um, it was kind of a different thing than to when we moved down here to the farm. And we've been on the farm for about four years now. And what what has come to mean in this space is a very, very different kind of understanding about the primary forces of the elements, first of all, but also the primary forces of this sort of cycle of rising and falling mean. You know, I was very surprised when I was turning the compost mm-hmm. like one like one does when one lives on a farm and like finding colonies of insects in a compost whose lives were about to be completely disrupted. By 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 my turning of the compost, and I was like, "Holy shit!" There's this idea of how we all relate to each other is so much more complicated than I ever thought. Right? Like, if I I thought, well, what if I was a vegetarian? How much less impactful that would be? And that might be true on a grand scale, and yet when I turn you know, when I deal with my vegetables, there are absolutely colonies of insects that are dying. Right, absolutely. So, you know, it was just a really interesting sort of new understanding. And, you know, I've not, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a quote-unquote capital P polytheist. Um, my personal experience of the gods has always been more personal. Than that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it feels like part of being a dirt heart witch is that sort of rooting into the place where you are. Or, you know, if you're in a place that you don't love, rooting in a place that you do love. You know, maybe you live in the, in the city and the place that you love most is on the mountaintop. So rooting into mm-hmm. the mountaintop and connecting with the spirit of that place and really, you know, being willing to understand the the beauty and the 
hurt and the glory of any of those places um, because it's all about the dirt receiving the seed and growing the plant and the plant dying and it's always the rising and the falling and the new right. fertility that comes. Yeah, I like how you talk about seeing the sacred um, in the soil and the spirits of the land. Yeah. And that was not something that I was born to. No, my family wasn't really, that wasn't really their technique of life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to learn about dirt under fingernails and shoveling horse poop and, you know, slaughtering a chicken and, you know, disturbing those microbes. (laughs) Right. I had to learn about. So... Tell us, what is the secret country of yourself, and why is it important? So the secret country of yourself is like this very weird secret that, like, everybody actually knows about, (laughs) but nobody knows Uh it by that name. (laughs) Like, every, every time that I teach about it, people are like, oh, my God, I've been to that place before, and I just never thought about it in that way. Right. And, you know, it's especially for pagans, witches, magicians, however we call ourselves, there's this this place that we always go to before we go somewhere else, right? So that's kind of how the secret country of yourself revealed itself to me when I was a baby witch and my teachers would say all right we're going to do a meditation and Mm -hmm. in this meditation I want you to first of all find yourself in the most comforting wonderful place that you can imagine the place where you feel the most safe the place where you Mm -hmm. feel at home and and now we're going to go someplace else and I was like shit I want to be I like <laughs> I want to stay in that place though. So that was kind of how it started out. And the more that I explored that place, the more I realized that you know, another thing that they teach in in fairy trad is that, you know, we do this demon work where we go looking for those things that trouble us. We go looking for those things that are problematic. And it became clear that if there is inside of us, I mean, whether we view that literally or metaphorically or me- metaphysically or astral projectively or whatever, <laughs> that there's, if there's that place of glory and beauty and wonder inside of us, then surely there is a place who is none of those things. Mm-hmm. And, and how do we engage with that place? Right? Because everybody from Carl Jung to any other worthwhile spiritual teacher has told us that we need to engage with the shadow. 
so what the secret country offered up was the shadow house. And then it offered up a sanctuary, not the sanctuary. The sanctuary was the first place, the comforting place. Then the shadow right. house, then the, then the school, then the temple, and so many other places that since I started talking about this stuff and teaching about this stuff that people have said, oh, dude, I've been there a million times. <laughs> and here's what I found. And, and I think, you know, one of my teachers said, if an idea is strong enough, it will find its way into the world through many channels. And I am mm-hmm. 100% certain that what I am doing is not unique because it's so powerful, right? Mm-hmm. That means that there must be a bunch of people who are also doing this work. And then what I find when I'm teaching it is that people will say, it's the first time that I saw something like that that was like an actual program for exploring these places. And that's what the book is. The book is like a tour guide, right? The book says, all right, first of all, we're going on a big expedition. It's time to get fit. And then mm-hmm. we get fit. We do these exercises to help us get fit. And then we embark on the expedition. And when we embark, we all go to the sanctuary. But my sanctuary, I guarantee you, looks nothing like yours. It looks nothing like my husband's. His has no mm-hmm. walls. Mine has a lot of walls. (laughs) Like, how do we feel safe? It's different for everybody. So, you know, and moving on from there, each one of the places that we go, it's like the, the idea of it is the same. There's a shadow house. There's a place where we put all the stuff that we don't want to see. But for some people, it looks like a prison cell. For some people, it looks like a cavern. For some people, it looks like a haunted house. Mm-hmm. So that is so different. Well, how is how is this book um, different from other books that sort of in um, do self exploration? I think the biggest difference is in the idea that. This whole journey is, well, it may not be self-directed from the point Uh of view of the book. What you will find there is completely unique. Like one of the things that I found in my explorations over the years is that there are a lot of psychic realities that have been well mapped and well-defined, and so there are some teachers who will be able to say, yes, in the West you will find this, in the East you will find this, and Mm -hmm. and I was like, but what about all the other places (laughs) that one could go that are not addressed, and so that seems to be the place where, you know, for people who have maybe tried other paths and they don't really make sense to them or they try to go on these on guided meditations and they don't really connect to the places that they're led to. Right. I I think, you know, this is, this is where you can go instead, or this is where you can go in addition to, you know, I think it can live alongside those other places. 
So who who would benefit from your book? Because it sounds like it, um, again, could benefit uh, folks who do not, who would not consider themselves witches. I would say that that is correct. I have had people working with this book who are like, so my parents live down in Bastrop, Texas, which is just south of Austin, sort of like right on the edge of the bubble, the Austin bubble. But, of course, my parents bought a bunch of my book. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, we're going to give it to (laughs) And I'm like, they're like, we're going to give it to a bunch of our friends. And I'm like, maybe you should read it first because maybe they won't like it. And so they thought of some of the people that they knew and loved down there, and they handed it out. And I had people coming up to me in Hobby Lobby of all places saying, like, oh, Jenny, I can't believe it. It was such a wonderful book. I was like, did you actually read it? I can't. I don't know if they really did or if they were being nice, but anyway, you know, I tried to make it something that would be um, palatable for people of many faiths. And, you know, and that's been, that's been great in many ways. And also it's been challenging in other ways because I think that uh, witches want to read books about witchcraft. And sometimes my, yeah, my book, it doesn't smell like witchcraft all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not loaded with all that witchy stuff, even though, you know, it invites you to bring your witchy stuff into it. It invites right. you to bring anything into it. So. Then you've um, said that because I have read um, books or books have been recommended to me and they will say now, you know, this author is this faith, but you know, don't let that dissuade you because the book is really good and you need to read it. And so, yeah, I think we need to, um, you know, seriously be open to, if we want other people to be accepting and open to us, absolutely. We should turn around and, and do the, do the same thing. So you said this started from an online group. Do you still have your online group? I do not have the online group. I am, I have been talking about it for about a year now. Shapeshifter has been poking me on the shoulder saying I'm ready to get back out there. And I've been saying, but wait, we just had a grandbaby. And wait, I just got a job. And wait. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) Thanks. Um, But, you know, it hasn't seemed like the right time. And now, you know, I don't know. It depends on how, how hard it pokes, I guess. Yeah, it's, um, again, I have talked to um, uh, a few other authors who have explored that and were kind of surprised and actually shocked about the need and the hunger for that in the yeah. in the community. So many people um, are isolated and maybe live in areas where there's not a, a lot of community or, or maybe live in rural areas and and so it's mm-hmm. kind of a interesting. Um, so anyway, so yeah, I find that interesting. And I wonder is our is the umbrella term paganism? Um, you know, I think that internet and and books such as yours. I mean, back in the day, there was very few things you could find. 
Mm-hmm. And now there's mm-hmm. just a, um, so much information out there and ways to connect. Yes. And I think that there's, you know, and that, I mean, I feel like there's like, obviously there's very good sides to that because those people who are stuck in rural areas or there's people who feel like they're very isolated now have a way to connect with other people who are like-minded and at the same time, it creates opportunities for us to differentiate, like Gardnerian versus fairy. <laughs> right. You know, whatever it is. And so. Yeah, and not everything that is published is written is wonderful. So yeah. uh, <laughs> you have to sort of weed through it. So, that yeah, but, but again, it's, it's much, um, you know, it's much more fun, which is, uh, I think, uh, um, has again really helped the popularity and and it's something I was talking to someone else you know I have found and this is not true of all things but at one time I thought traditions were very geographical based mm-hmm. um, you know if mm-hmm. you lived in this state you were probably Alexandrian if you lived in this state mm-hmm. you were either eclectic or guard you know what I mean it was and I, yeah. I think the internet has kind of changed that um, a little bit. That people yeah. are, are, you know, more interested in um, different things. And, and again, I've talked to a lot of people, and uh, I go to Pagan Spirit Gathering, uh, which I know you were a presenter a couple of years ago. I was uh, indeed. I uh, and yeah, that's what. Um, People will say that they find they, you know, find stuff and read about it, and it interests them, and, and it's not something in their area, but they're interested. So I think that's really, uh, I don't know. I think it's interesting how I think it's the internet has changed, kind of the, kind of changed our path. Mm-hmm. For sure, and I think that that's you know that's been true across the board. You know, it used to be the case that, like, if you wanted to, you know, even in the early days of paganism, if you wanted to, if you were interested in being a witch, you would, like, write a letter to somebody who lived across the country. (laughs) And that person might write a letter back to you, maybe, you know. And so it was much, much harder to feel that sense of camaraderie that we have now. And, you know, the thing that, the thing that, scares me, I guess it doesn't scare me, there's a lot of things that scare me, but this isn't one of them, is that the pagan community starts differentiating to the point that we don't have a sense of solidarity anymore. I think there's enough, there's enough places where we should put our fighting energy that I don't think we should put in it. (laughs) I I agree. Um, But I, I have also recognize that no faith um, gets to claim fundamentalism on its own, that every faith has an element of that. And I agree. I think we need to look at um, there's much more that unite and um, that is the same than is um, than divides us. So, yeah, I... uh, I uh, I totally agree with that. Um, how will how do you think readers if I if when we when I purchase your book and I go through the exercises and and go to the various places how do you think the practices the techniques 
uh, book would benefit readers? I think that what's going to happen is that people are going to see some stuff that makes them very happy. And, and hopefully, like the first practice in the book is um, has to do with sort of clarifying one's experience with oneself and also with the world. Like, so we're talking about, um, I hate to use the word purification because it seems so like Catholic, but <laughs> you right. know, in terms of sort of like, how do we deal with our anger? How do we deal with our right. frustration? How do we deal, like, how do we wash off all the garbage that society and our families or whoever is putting on us? And how do we get rooted back into our own true selves? That's the first part. And then as we move on from there, the, the, the next thing is how do we connect to our own innate worth? How do we recognize ourselves as divine and gorgeous beings? And we spend quite a lot of time in that practice. And then from there, next we go to the shadow house, which is a really hard place. And in that hard place, that's when a lot of more stuff starts to come up. And I encourage people, like I've, I've put it on my blog, I've put it on my page. Like if anybody reads my book and they're like, holy shit, I don't know what just happened to me, please text me, please <laughs> Facebook mm-hmm. Please comment on my blog and say I'm having a problem with this because I really, I don't think that everybody has the support network that they need or or can they afford the support network that they need if it's right. something that's more than just, you know, friendship. So um, I want to stay connected to that. And, you know, I think that there's, there's, going to be some changes there's going to be some movement there's going to be some discomfort and I think a lot of people you know they even my beloved get to a certain place in the book and they're like I'm not reading any more of your book (laughs) it's hard you know when you when you work with your shadow it's hard it is hard maybe it's just me but there's a big reason why I keep that stuff buried on the shelf (laughs) right exactly Exactly, and people are like, you know, I I just, and everybody's like, I really want to do it, I really want to do it, I really want to do it, and then you start to do it, and you're like, I really don't want to do it, I really don't want to do it. Absolutely, this hurts. This is hard. Exactly, and I I can't think of a way to make it easy, right? It's never going to be easy. That's why it is what it is, right? So it seems like the thing that, the thing that, makes it kind of okay is when people do it together. Right. Because then they're not isolated in their pain. They're not isolated in their grief. They're not isolated in their shame or guilt or whatever it is. Right? There's this yeah. opportunity to, you know, be part of something larger that – that you're not going to get kicked out of, like right. That's what they say. That's like one of the main, the main uh, aspects, the main crucial aspects of community is it's a place that you're not going to get kicked out of. So you yeah. can reveal your truth. You can yeah. really be yourself in that space. Yeah, I, I really am a fan. I love your blog, and um, you recently, I'm not sure when, but I think it's pretty recent, wrote a blog piece. Um, it was the ritual. It was the untangling rite. Of oh yes. Cleansing, um, of 
again, releasing those things that don't serve us. And I personally have a hard time with that. I'll just, I mean, I'll drag dead horses around. You would think I was a cowboy. But, uh, so, I really. Well, you do live in Kentucky, so y'all have that horse thing there. So, I really, really, um, I really, really love that. Talk a little bit about that. So how that came that to- the the untangling right is like uh uh the core part of that practice was taught to me as a part of fairy tread mm-hmm. and it to me seems like the most sensible way of dealing with all that shit that comes up right right like, we don't rest. like right. exactly I'll use that word instead. <laughs> No, I mean, that's how I use it. I just said, I don't even have to name it. I just feel it, and I need to get rid of it. Exactly. And at the same time, that energy is not useless, right? You don't just want to, like, chop off your hands because it hurts. Right. Right? You just want to manage that process. You want to have a sense of control over those forces that are moving right. through you at the time. I want, and so, the energy, I want the energy, not the stress. Absolutely. And so what the entangling right does is it gives you a place like, let's just, let's take this stuff out of me for a second, right? Let's take the stuff out. We're going to put it uh-huh. someplace else. We're going to put it in water because water is the perfect doctor, right? It's the juju uh-huh. master. And in that place, we're going to help the water to dissolve the tension that is around this energy, to untangle uh-huh. the energy in a way that makes it useful to us again, right? Because maybe that thing that happened, which made us so angry, well, hell yeah, it should have made us angry. It was bullshit. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. our anger was not going to solve the problem. Right. So we... Cl- we clarify the energy, and then we take it back in. Oh, oh, lovely. Now I have the power, but not the fear, not the anger, not the aggression. I mm-hmm. still hold on to the power. And that's the core teaching of Fairy Tread. Yeah, no, I really, I, again, I love your blog, um, and I think you're a wonderful writer. Thank you. I appreciate that. Writers, are, we're also insecure. We're all like, oh, please, please tell me I'm good. <laughs> you are good. Listen, I'm a big fan. So is there another book in the works? What's up next for you? What's up next for me is uh, the Dirt Heart Witch book and or the Deep Well Great Heart book. I don't know. Right now I'm trying to figure out if I can make it to PSG next year. Oh, that would be wonderful. It's going to be in a new location. I have heard that. It'll be a virgin year where everybody will be new. So that's always that's always really, really fun. <laughs> it is fun because um, like anything else, you know, People can get clicky. People are in groups. You know what I mean? You get build up friends. Yep. But when nobody knows anything, everybody talks to everybody. <laughs> I love that. Honestly, I'll tell so, you this. Yeah. I went to I went to PSG not last year, the year before, for the first time. Right. I guess last year, not 
it was 2018 that I went to PSG. Yeah. And I was so impressed, so impressed with the community there. Like, literally, I cried every single day that I was there yeah. at the morning meetings where people were just like, somebody needs help. And a thousand people would say, I'll help you. Or, you know, Absolutely. the kids, the the young kids would come up as part of their elevation. And it was just so gorgeous. It was amazing. It. It is, and for um, absolutely, I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, this would would be like to live in a a magical village where everybody is not necessarily like you, but you can't go to your local grocery store and and talk about do you start your circles in the east or the north? I mean, it's just really right fun. And like I said, I'm um, I have a part a long term partner that we go, but I am always shocked and encouraged. A lot of people go to PSG just by themselves. They don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. They just come. Yeah. And they have friends and community. And, and, and we try to adopt those people when we find them and bring them in and, and talk. But I just think that is so brave and so wonderful. And it and it tells you the kind of community and festival it is that, that a lot of people feel safe doing that. But, um, but yeah, it's really great. And we get fabulous top-of-the-line um, musicians and presenters and authors, much like yourself. So it is. It's really, really fun. So I hope you you uh, get to go. You'll have to let me know. I hope coming. so, too. Thank you so much. You have been absolutely delightful tonight. Um, tell us again if um, folks want to find out more about you. They can go to your website. Tell us about your website. Are, do you have Facebook? I'm on Facebook at Dirt Heart Witch. Okay. And then I and then I am on uh, my website is JenyaTBeachy.com. That's and your two blog best ways to get a hold of me. Is my blog Pathios. Dirt Heart Witch yeah. at at Pathios Pagan. If you go to Pathios Pagan and search Dirt Heart Witch, you will find me. Thanks so much. You have been delightful, and I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Deb. And finally, I'd like to um, thank, I would like to thank Jeanette, who filled in for Dave tonight, our sound engineer, for her technical expertise. And I'd like to thank all of you out there, our listeners, for our continued support of all of our shows here on Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, or CSNP. Our next Circle Talk will be Tuesday, January 7th, and I look forward to being with you all again, so please come back. We will now transition with the musical selection Good night, everybody, and blessed be. Bring you all the best, so get 